Hi, this is Eric Schlein. You're listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast, and we have back on David Flood, who runs Elementary Value Blog and a private investor from the UK. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on again, Eric. Yeah. Now, today we have an interesting company. Well, you know, I will just preempt and say anything you, you talk about on my show is going to be an interesting company. Um, and for those who don't know David, he buys very illiquid, tiny, obscure securities. Um, so know what the hell you're doing and don't use market orders. So what, what, are, we, what are you going to talk about today? So today I'd like to talk about uh, Microwave Filter Co., which is ticker symbol MFCO. Okay, so I'm looking um, at this right now. Is this, is this a real thing? Is the market cap right now $1.68 million? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, that's so, actually, so um, that's quite a big, quite, quite a big company. Please use actually. limit orders. If you like this idea, I'm not giving investment advice, and I'm going to bar myself from buying this with, you know, within the first 72 hours of posting this. <laughs> <laughs> if any regulators are listening um i don't i don't, I never want to even have the impression i'm pumping a um a liquid company so i i, I mm-hmm. always get a little nervous of, of talking about a one and a half million dollar business but um mm-hmm. with that buyer beware this is not investment advice i don't own any shares i never heard of this company until about 30 seconds ago so david tell us about what the hell this business is and why are they public and any kind of history that you know yeah so i'll tell you first how i found it um I got, into, I got into trawling through the over-the-counter markets. I remember reading about um, Buffett going through all the Moody's manuals. Um, so I used to enjoy going through the, the old Walker's manuals of stocks. Um, and I got the Mergent manuals as well. And then after I'd gone through those, I, I figured I'll just go through the over-the-counter markets. So I just started working my way through stock by stock. And there's there's just, t- I think there's about ten or 12,000 stocks um on the over-the-counter markets how, now, how, does sp- the, how, sorry, how do you know how the merchant manuals pick their companies because like i get i get the update like the the updated ones and they only have mm. a small selection of the otc securities in there all oh, right i'm not sure because the i managed to buy um some old ones i don't buy any of the new ones because it's so expensive i bought yeah. an old uh, merchant i don't, o- I don't have to pay for mine it's like an unlisted securities yeah. manual. Uh, yep, yeah, I, I get those every year. I, I don't have. Oh, to, right. I don't okay. have to pay though. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I'll, so t- I'll tell you about sure, that after the show. I'm not sure how they how they actually compile it because there's I've checked in the certain stocks that I thought would be in there that aren't, but then there's other stocks that hadn't shown up in my Walker's manuals that I managed to find in there. Yeah, uh, well, Walker's manual certainly doesn't put every company in there. No, it's it's yeah, it's generally just a selection of interesting companies. But I found with the the even the penny stock manuals that Walkers do, where they'll have listed companies, sometimes you'll find that those companies have delisted since and they've gone dark, and then other companies that were dark have since gone public. So it's kind of funny how they all the cycle about these companies. Right. Yeah. So you found this through just looking at a OTC screener. Is that? Yeah, I, I figured I'd, I'd just start going through all the stocks, and I, I started with the dark pink sheets um, okay. and the grey market stocks, um, just because the, the more obscure and opaque, um, the more they interest me. Interesting. So you found this through the screen. Yeah, and what well, did I you... just kind of went through stock by stock. Yeah, so you yeah, found... you had a list of, alph- is it alphabetical order that you have? Yeah, basically, yeah. I just I went through basically from, I think I went from like uh, one-tenth of a cent up, uh, just every stock. Basically. How many? How many thousands of businesses is that? Um, I think I've been through. I must have been through most of them now. I've probably been through. I don't know. Maybe 
seven or eight thousand companies now. How long has that taken you? Uh, several months. Okay. Um, I was I was kind of on a mission to do it after um, Jan Svender had done it. Um, our friend in the Czech Republic. I thought that was just. Incredible. I'm actually interviewing him tomorrow. Yeah, it was an incredible. <laughs> it was an incredible feat. So I thought I'll see if I can kind of match that. So I've not quite gone through them all, but I'm I'm getting there. Right, right. So you found this company, and did you learn any history about it? Yeah. So whenever I find a company, the first thing I do is I look at the market cap. If it's if it's kind of like a hundred million, I'm not interested. Um, it's got to be like, you know, ten million dollars or less. Um, then I look at the share count, and I want to see maybe you know ten million shares or less outstanding. If that kind of ma- matches up and looks good, then I'll go straight to the price chart and look, see where the stock sat, sat on the long range price chart. If it's sat somewhere high and it's been climbing on heavy volume, I just won't bother digging any further for now. I might just make a note of it to look at in a few years. And when, and when you make a note of it, do you keep like a spreadsheet of all these businesses for yourself? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I log them all on, on a private forum that I've got that, that only I use really at the minute. It's, uh, it's just kind of uh, a way that I document all the companies that I find that are interesting. Got it. So, yeah, I found it and everything lined up. It looked good. The price chart looked good. Uh, the share count, the market cap. So then I always just go straight to the balance sheet before I look at anything else, just to look at uh, what it looks like, you know, what kind of uh, cash it's got, uh, property and stuff. And I was just looking through the company and um, – it was kind of valuing the the property that it had. It, it basically completely depreciated the property, um, so it was just basically being valued at virtually nothing on the balance sheet. But then I'd seen that they'd had a um, a credit line extended for about five hundred thousand dollars, and then I went on the company website and pulled up a picture. They had a picture on the website of this this warehouse that they own that's like forty thousand square feet, and I thought, well, there's that's that's got to be worth something. So I just kind of like um, Googled around, you know, because uh, the, they're based in Syracuse in New York State. So I just Googled around, you know, what's the kind of average price for uh, a warehouse? And I've got a rough like ballpark figure of about a million dollars. Um, and then I managed to find some tax parcel info after digging around a bit more, which was valuing it about eight or nine hundred thousand dollars, which was pretty close to the kind of value that I'd got. Um, and this wasn't being shown on the, the balance sheets. So I thought, well, kind of straight away, there you go. This is massively undervalued. Um, and then as soon as I found that out, I kind of thought, well, okay, um, I'll I'll do a bit more digging, just see how many shares management own, um, see what's happened with the, the business in the past. Um, so I started doing a bit more digging, and I found out that um, Zeph Capital had attempted to uh, try and buy out the company but the deal had fallen through um so that that made me think hmm, there's, there's obviously something here if zef capital was trying to buy the company out he kind of thinks well either either he'd figured out that the real estate was sat there and it wasn't being valued on the balance sheet or he thought maybe the company's not being that w- well managed and he could do a better job of it if he bought it out and either liquidated it or brought in a different management so I, at that point i just started buying um and then I subsequently found out that another guy um, at Gerst Capital, he kind of sent a letter of support uh, saying that he, he supported the buyout offer from Zef Capital. And if the buyout fell through, he wanted to be put onto the board. Um, so the buyout fell through. Zef Capital kind of reduced his position a bit, but he still owns like 3 or 4% of the company. Um, 
and Gerst, uh, Greg Gerst, who's the manager's uh, Gerst Capital, he's met with the management since and has re-expressed his interest in being put on the board or having someone else appointed. But management just doesn't really seem like they're too interested in doing that at the minute. But it seems to me that there's a number of shareholders in the company that are not that happy with how it's being run at the minute and think they can unlock some value perhaps with the real estate or they can have the company that may be managed in a better manner so that it can improve the financial performance. So that that for me was a, a very good indication that I should just start buying because you've got hard assets that are not being valued on the balance sheet and you've got signs of disgruntled shareholders that own a significant amount of shares. Um, and there's a chance that at some point something could happen with the company that can move the share price up. That's all I needed to know, and I just started buying at that point. And, and what do you think the company would be worth? Um, I think the company could be worth, if it was managed correctly, it could be worth, I'd say, maybe two, three times what it's worth now. Mm-hmm. I think would be wouldn't be unreasonable. Um, I mean, it, it depends how you how you did it. You could always it, well, there's another company uh, ticker symbol uh, PRAC. Um, I think the the son of the previous owner he took over and he just sold the real estate and then leased it back and then he just paid out a special dividend. Um, so you could do something like that, or you could um, do a share buyback. So you could unlock the value on the real estate in that manner. But also, I think I'm not convinced that the current management are just particularly great. Uh, from some of the talks that I've had with some of the shareholders, they they think that if some someone else was brought in, then they could improve the operations in the company. Um, and how did, how did you find other shareholders of this business? Um, so I contacted a number of people. I wrote a blog post on the company, and mm-hmm. some people got in touch with me because they read that. And then I emailed some people, uh, such as uh, Greg uh, Gerst at Gerst Capital, um, just to have a, a quick chat with them. Um, and it seemed pretty clear that there were quite a, a few people that owned shares that would be interested in seeing some kind of activism within the company. Does does the management own a lot of the stock? They own around 6.9%, I think, of the company last oh, so time. I almost almost so, nothing. Yeah, not much at all. Um, so I think activism wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be too difficult in this instance, I don't think. But I mean, the other thing is they were management were open to a buyout from Zeph. I, d- I never found out why the deal fell through mm-hmm. um, because they said, oh, we're kind of open to this idea. Um, Zeph had made the offer and then the, the deal didn't pan out. He reduced his position, but he still holds some shares. Um, and then Gerst was saying, well, I'd like to put on the board if the deal doesn't happen. Um, but nothing's happened since. But I think it, it, it's ripe for something to happen with the company. So I'm just kind of uh, waiting and just chatting with people behind the scenes to see if we can get something going. Very cool. Um, well, any other uh, thoughts about uh, the business before we go? Um, not too much other than I know that there's a number of other companies within the area that do similar kind of things with sort of radio frequency technology uh, and these microwave filters and various other uh, devices um business has improved recently um they turned a profit in the last uh financials the last annual report they released because mm-hmm. they again they swing from uh profit to loss like a lot of these small companies but they're, they're expecting um more orders to come in because of the rollout of 5g so there's obviously going to be some kind of um 
bigger bigger orders coming in on the back of that. But I right. still think it would it would it would benefit from some kind of shake up within the company personally just to unlock the value there. Now, let me ask you one, one more thing actually. Um, you know, if I'm looking at a one year price chart, right? Mm-hmm. Walk me through this. It's kind of sitting at a at a higher level than than where it's been for most of the year, and I assume that's mm. because it was more. It's more profitable now. Is that yeah? The deal? So yeah, it's it swung from uh, from loss loss making to profitable. Right. So if I'm buying it, you know, it stands at sixty five cents right now. What stops it from going back to forty three cents? Right, because it's been in the forties for a lot of it. Well, it, there's nothing that will stop it from dropping back down. I mean, if they if they um, end up going back to loss making, then it could fall back down to maybe I don't know forty or fifty cents or something like that. So, so if um, you had not owned shares and you were looking at it right now, just to mm-hmm. get a better sense of your of your thinking on how you do this, would you say mm-hmm. okay, well, it, it's it's sort of been able to go back into the you know low fifties, high forties. Maybe I'll wait till it gets a little bit lower. Yeah, I'd basically be seeing that the support level for this over the past five or six years has probably been around 40 cents. You'll see it hits around 40 cents and then bounces up off it, drops back down. Um, but even at, even at a slightly higher level, um, I wouldn't have a problem buying it just because I know that the it's just massively undervalued. The fact that the, the real estate's just not being apportioned any value whatsoever on the on the balance so sheet. You, 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 would, you would actually buy it here and you, instead of putting limit orders in the 40s. I'd probably put limit orders in the 40s, but then equally, I wouldn't. If I think something's going to happen with the company, I won't. I won't quibble over maybe. Got 10 it. Because you can actually see there's, a, there's there 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 could very well be a catalyst here. So there's yes. Exception. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, David, um, interesting interview as always, and uh, you know, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Eric. My pleasure.